Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Continuing with The Hobbit today. I'm A.J. Hogue, author of Effortless English. Learn to speak English like a native. You must commit to my VIP program. Commit and don't quit. You speak fluently. You speak powerfully. You speak confidently. You speak English effortlessly when you commit. You commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Book Club Today, continuing with The Hobbit. Let's jump in. Don't waste any time. Here we go. We are chapter 15, The Gathering of the Clouds. So, Smog is dead, and now we go back. We jump back. This chapter, we go back to the dwarves and Bilbo, and we'll see in this chapter, they find out the dragon's dead. Okay, so they're there, and uh, they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're there's, remember they're in the tower they kind of they 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 were they camped out they had they spent the night in a tower and uh, I think it's that next morning then they're looking out and they see all these birds in the distance back down towards the town of Lake Town right and they know something's happening and then that thrush bird comes back remember this is the bird that can talk and it comes and it sits next to them and it's kind of flapping its wings and making noise and they uh, they realize they're like, oh, you know, this bird, we think the bird's trying to tell us something, <laughs> right? The bird's trying to talk to us, but um, they can't understand it. So then they have a conversation and one of the dwarves, Balin, says, I wish it was a raven because dwarves and ravens have a like friendship. So I remember in this magical world of Middle Earth, uh, many of the animals are intelligent. So, so the raven understands what Balin says and it flies away and it comes back with an old raven. A raven's like a giant crow, like a big, big black bird. Very intelligent birds. Okay, and so the raven talks to them in normal, uh, just in normal speech. <laughs> so we can talk. Um... And then the raven tells him, Smog is dead, right? The raven basically gives, uh, talks to Thorin and tells him all the news that the dragon is dead, that the town was destroyed. And all the dwarves are like, yay! They all go crazy, right? They all start cheering and, ah, this is great. Yes, yes, yes. And Thorin then, you know, he, uh, of course, he can just focus on the treasure, the treasure. And we're going to see, you know, this is a, quite a character weakness of Thorin that causes some problems because he's greedy and he loves, loves, loves gold and treasure and, and money, basically, too much. So he just thinks that's all he can think about now. Then the raven tells him, ah, but you have a problem because the... The people of the lake, their town was destroyed, number one. Number two, Bard, right, kind of the unofficial leader of the men, he's the one that killed the dragon, so they think, they feel that they should have some of the treasure. They feel they should have some of this treasure, and they're coming to get it. And the elves heard about the treasure, and so their army is coming also. They went, and they're going to help the humans, the men, and then they're all coming to get the treasure. They don't, you know, they think you guys are dead. So, Thorin, uh, uh, and then the, the, the raven's actually kind of smart, <laughs> kind of wise, and recommends, you know, that basically says, you can, you can have peace, you don't have to fight them, they're not going to kill you, but you're probably going to have, you have to negotiate with them, and you're probably going to have to give them some of your gold. And Thorin gets really angry. And this is where we see he's not rational about gold because he's like, no way, they're thieves, they can't have it, right? And he just gets really, really angry. And he, he asks the raven to fly, uh, I think, to the north and go to 
a place called the Iron Hills. His cousin Dane is a king up there, a king of dwarves. And he says, tell him what's happening and tell him to come immediately as fast as they can to run, to come here with an army. So the raven says, okay. He doesn't give his opinion if it's good advice or bad advice. He just goes and he gives the message. So now we know that there will be an army of dwarves coming from the north. So we now know that from earlier chapters that, first of all, the goblins and the wolves that are called wargs in this book, uh, we know they're coming. We know that the elves have their army and combined with the men of the lake and they're coming and now we know there's going to be a dwarf army coming since uh thorin just sent this message to his cousin come with all as you know come with your army as fast as you can so they go back and they decide uh they go back into the mountain and they decide to they get working and they find out that you know all the all the gates are closed there's only the main front gate it's the only way to get into the mountain so they start building a wall all the dwarves with bilbo helping i guess um and they're they're master builders right they're really masters at building with stone especially and so they immediately they know that the the elves right now they're delayed right because they're trying to help the the humans the the men uh at the lake because their town was destroyed and they're giving them food and helping them so Thorin and the dwarves and Bilbo, they use this time to build a wall to in front of the gate, the front gate of the mountain, right? Because they're, they're only, there's only 14 of them, so they know they can't fight against the whole army, but they think, oh, well, maybe we can build a wall. We can keep them out for a while, long enough until the dwarf army comes. That's Thorin's plan. Okay, finally, um, after they, they finish their wall, and then the army comes, the elves and the men. And uh, they see, they come, and they're, they're very surprised to see that there's a wall there. They thought that Bilbo and Thorin, they thought they were all dead. They thought the, the dragon killed them. So they're quite surprised, and they realize, oh, wait, there's, there's something here. So they, they don't... Um, they send a messenger and uh, Thorin yells at them. You know, Thorin's got, he's really angry, right? He's very greedy. He can't, he's not thinking logically right now. So he just yells at them. Who are you that are coming to my mountain like you're going to war, right? So he immediately accuses them of wanting to come uh, and, and attack him. So the these are kind of like just the messengers of the army. They go back and they t- they tell Bard and the Elf King, oh hey, the dwarves are still in there and they built a wall. So they camp out for the night and they kind of sing some songs. And as they're singing, Bilbo kind of starts feeling bad because he hears the elves singing. It's very beautiful. He realizes well the elves are not evil. They're not. They're not coming here to murder them. They're not going to kill them. Um, and the men are not evil. So, uh, he's like, he, Bilbo kind of feels, ah, this isn't, this is bad. This is, the, they're, they're all going to fight and kill each other over this money, over the gold. This isn't good because these are all, you know, decent people and they're all going crazy about the gold. Next day, um, Bard comes back to talk to Thorin. And he says, I just want to talk to you. And then Bard gives a very, very logical and a very truthful argument why he and the men should get some of the gold. And he, so his argument is, number one, that he is the, his ancestors were the, used to be the rulers of the town of Dale. That's the, the town next to the mountain. Right, that was men. Remember in the in the past, way back before the dragon, there was the mountain, and then out just outside it was this town uh, called Dale. That's where it was humans, men, and um, so Bard is the you know he's the descendant. He's uh you know maybe like the great 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 grandchild of the 
king of that town. So he says, number one, you know, when the dragon came, the dragon attacked the town also, not just the mountain. And the dragon took the treasure of my ancestors, right? The dragon took the treasure from the human town also. So it's all mixed together in the mountain now. But, you know, that really is our treasure. That's, that's, um, that really belongs to me now because, um, the dragon took it from us. So it's actually, that's actually not part of the dwarf treasure. So you should give that to, to me, which is reasonable and he's not lying. Um, and then the second thing he says is you should remember that we helped you, right? When you came to our town in Lake Town, you had nothing, right? You had no weapons, you had no money, you had no food, you had nothing. And we gave you food and we gave you weapons and we helped you. And so, that's another reason, you know, that you should give us some of the treasure. And finally, he says, and point number three, um, the dragon destroyed Lake Town. You know, we helped you. And then the dragon came and destroyed our entire town. And I'm the one who killed the dragon. <laughs> right? Bard says, I killed him. You didn't kill him. I killed him. So, I killed him and he destroyed our whole town and we helped you. We were very nice to you. So, this is another reason you should give us some of the treasure. And, uh, you know, Bilbo is listening to this and he realizes, well, well, this is very fair. This is what Bard is saying is very, very fair. He's right. He's telling the truth. All of these things are true. So, Bilbo thinks, well, this seems very reasonable. So, um, and let me see. I think it might have say how much he asked for. I think he only asked for like one twelfth. He asked for like a, he doesn't ask for half of it. So, he, he only asked for, you know, just a little over 10%. Not bad. Not bad at all. Considering that, yeah, he killed the dragon and the town was destroyed and some of his, you know, some of the, Gold is actually from his ancestors. So, Bilbo thinks, well, this is really reasonable. Bilbo expects, Bilbo thinks that Thorin will agree and everything's going to be fine. But it says, long hours Thorin had spent in the treasury and the lust of it, the lust of the gold, was heavy on him. So, he has a lust for gold right this is greed he's super greedy lust like a like a almost sexual desire right this intense super powerful desire for the gold the gold so he's just crazy for the gold and the money now thorn is is kind of crazy now he's not thinking clearly even though bard was being totally truthful and very very fair not bard's not being greedy he's not asking for a huge amount um but thorn is crazy for the gold right now. So, uh, Thorin just insults him and says, um, basically, you can't have any of it because Smog stole it from you, so we didn't steal it from you, so that doesn't matter. Um, and he says, we'll pay you back for how you helped us, right? So, he's basically saying, we'll pay you for the food and the clothes you gave us, right? Which is basically almost nothing. And he just ignores the fact that their whole town got destroyed. <laughs> and that Bard's the one who actually killed the dragon. And then he says, you're here with an army. And, uh, you know, that, that means you're, you're here to steal it, right? He's crazy. He's like, you're here to steal it. And... Uh, Bard says, no, we're not here. We didn't, we thought you were dead. We didn't, we're, we didn't come here to steal it. We came with, with an army because we were afraid there might be, you know, we weren't sure there might be other, you know, bad people here or something, but we thought you were dead. We did not come here to kill you or steal from you. Um, and then... Thorin again says, uh, Thorin is really, remember, he hates the elves because the elves captured them and took them, right, and put them, locked them up. So he says, um, I'm not going to talk to you if you come with weapons, and I'm not going to talk to you until you get rid of the elves. So he says, get rid of the elves, send them back home, and or else forget it. I'm not talking to you anymore. And uh, 
<laughs> Bard says, well, the elf king is my friend. They came and helped us, right, With after our town was destroyed. and uh, But then he's very reasonable again. He says... Um, He says, you just give me one-twelfth. One-twelfth. Oh, so it's not, it's, uh, it's not 12%. It's one-twelfth. One um, so, uh, so it's even, uh, it's even less than 10%. It's even, it's less than 10%. So he says, give me less than 10%. One-twelfth, right? If you divide it into 12 parts and give me one of those parts. And then I will, from that amount, I will give some to the elves. So you don't have to give anything to the elves at all. Just give me one twelfth, which is fair. And then from from that, I'll give some to the elves myself. Which again, so you can see, like Bard is being very, 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 very fair and reasonable. He says, and I deserve that because, you know, the reasons I already said. And uh, Thorin... Uh, just uh, yells at him and and and, they, and tells him to go away. And then he like takes out an arrow and shoots it. Doesn't doesn't try to kill him. Just shoots it at them to make them run. And so Bard says, "Okay, fine. We're we're going to siege the mountain, All right? So he said, we're not going to kill you. We're not going to attack you and kill you. But we're going to surround the uh, mountain and." You can't, nothing can go inside, so you can eat the gold. Basically, he says, we're going to just wait until you get hungry and you ca- and you come out and change your mind. Um, and Bilbo is really unhappy about all of this. He sees that it's all really crazy. And that's it. So, the man just kind of, the, the armies just block the mountain. Thorn stays in there and basically says, uh, we're not... We're not doing anything. And, of course, Thorin knows that his the dwarf army's coming. So, Thorin's plan is just to wait until his cousin and the dwarf army comes, and then they're going to fight. Okay, the next chapter is chapter 16. And here we see Bilbo again takes... You know, at this point, Bilbo's just being making lots of decisions and taking plans, and he does something very risky here. Um, going, he goes against Thorin, but he decides that he needs. Bilbo decides that this is crazy. He knows the dwarf army's coming. Uh, the men don't know, the elves don't know, but Bilbo knows. So Bilbo just he's like, "This is crazy. They're going to have a big war. They're all going to kill each other." So he's like, "I need to do something." So Bilbo decides he needs to do something to make peace. So Bilbo takes action. Remember, he has the Arkenstone, that giant diamond, and Thorn keeps talking about it, and and he wants it. He wants it more than anything else. He says it, it was his father's, and it's worth more than a river of gold. Right? It's the it's the most important part of the treasure. This giant diamond. And then, of course, Bilbo already found it, right? Long before and didn't say anything. Okay. The raven comes back and says that the dwarf army is coming. Um, but the... But even the raven tells him, you know, oh, this is crazy. The elf army and the men, the men, it's, it's a big army. You might lose the battle. And even if you win, how are you going to survive? Because, uh, you know, you've got no food. The winter's coming. You know, you really need the help of these men and the elves. And Thorin just says, you know, forget it. We're going we're gonna to beat him. We're going to fight him. So at this point, uh, Bilbo realizes Thorin is kind of crazy for the gold. He's Thorin is not going to change his mind, and they're going to just have a big war. And so Bilbo thinks of a plan to try to stop the war. So what Bilbo does? It's night at night. Bomber, one of the dwarves, is is the guard. You know, every night they have one one dwarf just watching, guarding the wall. And Bilbo comes up to him and says, "Oh, you know, I know you're tired. I'll take, I'll take, I'll be the guard tonight. You can sleep more, and I'll stay on the wall and and be the guard for tonight." 
So Bomber says, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. As soon as Bomber leaves, Bilbo puts on his ring. Of course, he has the big diamond with him, the Arkenstone, and he ties a rope and he goes down the wall and he goes over to the uh, men and the elves' army. And he has to go through some water and anyway, he finally takes his ring off and says, here I am, right? Take me to... Take me to Bard and the Elf King. I want to talk to Bard and the Elf King. Okay, so there they he goes and he and he has a negotiation, a discussion with them. He says, um, "I'm here to try to uh, you know help make peace with all this." And he says, and he says, "I have an interest in this." So this is where you can see that Bilbo. So, on one hand, it seems like he's betraying the dwarves, but we'll see. He actually isn't, exactly. Not really. He's trying to make peace because Bilbo decides he will sacrifice his own payment, right? Because he said he shows the elf king and bard, he says, this is a letter you can see from the dwarves from Thorin that I, because I help them, I get one-fourteenth, right? One-fourteenth divided by fourteen. Right, I get one fourteenth share of the treasure, and they said I can pick anything I want. That's in the contract, and they told me I can choose anything I want from the treasure. One fourteenth is mine. And uh, they say, "Okay, um, what do you? So what do you? What do you say?" And he says, "So." Uh, and then he oh, and then he tells them that. Uh, you, Thorn will never give up. You you have to you have to listen to me. You have to take this deal. Do what do you have to follow my plan because Thorin, he he'll he'll just stay in the mountain and starve to death. He doesn't care. And then he tells them. He actually tells them that. Oh, and also there's a dwarf army coming. So uh, you're going you're going to have a big war. And then the. Uh, they say, are you, and then Bard says, are you betraying your friends? Right? Because they, obviously they think that's not so good. Maybe they shouldn't trust Bilbo if he's betraying the friends. And Bilbo gets really angry and he says, no, I'm trying to avoid trouble for everybody. He says, I will make you an offer. I will make you an offer. And then he takes out the Arkenstone. He takes out the giant diamond. He says, this is the Arkenstone of Thrain, heart of the mountain. The heart of Thorin. He values it above a river of gold. So he says, this is the most important thing for Thorin. And he says, I give it to you. This will help you negotiate with him. And they say, how can you give this to, to us? It's not yours. And he says, well, not exactly, but he says, they told me that, number one, they told me I could choose anything I want. And number two, um, you know, this can be part of my 114th. So basically what Bilbo is saying is, he's saying, I will give you my money. If you will, if you will agree, if you will take 114th, you can have my share of the money and, you know, then give this, give the stone, give the diamond back to Thorin because he's crazy about it. And then he'll give you the gold. He'll give you my gold that he owes me. And then it's a deal. Everybody's happy. You don't need to fight. And of course, then Bilbo gets nothing. So this is why it's actually a sacrifice for him. He's going to give away his all his reward for this whole adventure. He's saying, you can have it. Just negotiate with Thorin now. Give him back the diamond. Give him back this diamond. He'll give you my part. And you can have peace. And everything's fine. So it's very noble, actually. It's very kind of amazing that Bilbo is you can see that Bilbo is the opposite he's not greedy at all he doesn't really even care about the money he just wants to to, to save everybody and then at this point the, the elven king is uh, very impressed by Bilbo like suddenly he, the elven he says you are more worthy to wear the armor of an elf prince than many who who have worn it before. So basically saying he, the elf king is very impressed and has a lot of respect for what he's doing. It's very impressive. But then he says, um, 
don't go back <laughs> he says but uh, I know dwarves and you should uh, stay with us now because you know Thorn might kill you if you go back when he finds out what you did um, he's probably going to kill you so don't basically don't go back but then again you'll see Bilbo is loyal and he says I will not leave my friends like this he says we've been through too much together so I'm not going to leave them Right? I'm not betraying them. I'm not cheating them. They owe me this amount. They can just give it to you. But I'm not going to hide. I'm going to go back and be with them. And then both the Elf King and Bard both, they salute him, you know, like they, with respect. They show him a lot of respect. And then at this point, we see that Gandalf is back because it says, you know, an old man in a cape with a hat suddenly comes out, right? He's kind of sitting to the side, listening to all this. And then he kind of stands up and he says, well done, Mr. Baggins. Kind of like clapping, you know, like, good job, Bilbo. And he says, there is always more about you than anyone expects, right? There's, you're always, I, basically he's complimenting him saying, uh, you know, no, nobody expects you to be great but there's you always have something inside you that's much more than anyone expects so Gandalf is saying you know very impressed that Bilbo is doing all this in order to stop the fighting and uh, of course Bilbo's super happy to see him again oh what happened and Gandalf says there's no time right now I'll tell you later but he says basically um, we still have some bad stuff ahead of us but he says, keep your heart up, you know, stay strong and you might, you may come out, you know, you may survive everything. Uh, and he says, there's some bad news that even the Ravens don't know. So what's he talking about? Bilbo doesn't know what he's talking about, but Gandalf's talking about the goblins. So Gandalf has spies everywhere and he knows the goblins are bringing an army also. But he doesn't tell Bilbo this. He doesn't tell Bilbo about it. Okay, and finally, chapter 17. And this is the Battle of the Five Armies. So, next day, Bard and the Elven King, and it says an old man in a cloak. Of course, it's Gandalf, but they, he's, he's hiding himself. They come back to Thorin again, back to the wall, right, to negotiate. And uh, he, you know, he, he says, what do you have? Why are you coming back? And they tell him, oh, we have the Arkenstone. We have the diamond. And, you know, they show it to him. And he goes, oh, how did you get that? Right? He kind of, oh, he's crazy for this thing. And he says, you're thieves. You stole it from me. And he says, we're not thieves. And he says, Bard says, we're not thieves. We didn't steal it. And we will give it back to you. Um. And uh, all you've got, to, and then let's, but let's talk about it. And then he says, "How did you get it?" Thorin yells at them. He's he's super 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 angry. And then Bilbo kind of in a little voice says, "I gave it to them. I did it, right?" And he grabs Bilbo and he shakes him. Ah, you have it. Ah, and he's going to throw him off the wall. He's going to try to kill him, right? And then he says, "Curse Gandalf, right? Curse Gandalf for you know." bringing you into our group and he's going to throw him to the rocks right and then Gandalf at that point stands up right and says you know here is Gandalf like here I am right you can try to curse me to my face basically and he says and then Gandalf yells at him put him down put Bilbo down and listen to what he has to say and of course you know everybody sort of respects and fears Gandalf he's so powerful so Thorin stops and listens and he's upset you know he says you're all working together he thinks they're all trying to cheat him right he's crazy for he's so greedy now and then he and then bilbo starts kind of giving his argument he says he says remember that you said i could choose my share right you said i had an equal share and that I can choose it, right? I can choose anything I want. And you did not mention, you did not say that, uh, you did not mention the Arkenstone, you didn't mention the diamond, you never said I couldn't choose that. You just said I can choose anything. So I chose that. And, uh, 
And then he says, so it was mine because that's my share and I gave it to them. I can do anything I want. It's my share and I can give it to them if I want to. That was our contract. So he says, Thorin, you know, instead of being crazy and getting angry and doing this big war, he's like, just just accept, you know, just think, okay, that's Bilbo's share and he gave it to them and everything's finished now. And he says, they'll give you this, they'll give you the diamond back. You give them my gold, you know, Bilbo's gold. And then everyone has peace and you don't really, you don't lose anything. You have to pay me anyway. And, uh, Thorne said, okay, fine, I will. And he says, and I will never speak to you again. And then he, and then then Thorne makes a deal. He says, I'll give Bilbo's share in silver and gold. And uh, you give me the diamond. And Bard agrees, but he said, uh, first you have to give us the gold. We're not just going to give this to you now because they don't quite trust him, which is probably, he says, we'll keep the stone, we'll keep the diamond until, we'll come back tomorrow and then we'll trade. And of course, um, as soon they, so they think, oh, okay, they made a deal, they they think, oh, maybe everything's fine. And of course, and he says, Bilbo, go away, right? So they force, Bilbo has to leave and Bilbo goes and he joins Gandalf and the elves. He leaves the dwarves. And uh, Bilbo tries to be nice. He says, I hope we meet again as friends. But Thorin basically says, um, if I see you again, I'll shoot arrows at your feet, you know, because he's wearing uh, armor. <laughs> so he got something. That's all he gets so far is the armor. Um, and so they decide, decide the next day they'll come back and, and they'll make their trade. But Thorin is planning to cheat them. Okay. So as soon as they leave, Thorin sends the raven back to the dwarf army. He tells them, hurry. You got to get here immediately. Get here tomorrow as fast as you can. So actually, Thorn is planning to break their deal. He's planning to have, as soon as the dwarf army comes, they're going to fight. He's not going to give them the gold. Like he's not going to follow the deal. So he's crazy now. He's breaking his promise. So the next day, the next morning, the dwarf army arrives. Dane is the leader, his cousin. So now they realize, uh oh, this is Thorn cheated us. So they, the men and the elves, they their army block the dwarves, and uh, Bard sends a messenger to the gate to see if Thorn is gonna make you know give them the gold, and they just shoot at him with air. They shoot at the messengers with arrows. So they realize that they've been cheated, and so now they're all they're about to fight. The, uh, the dwarf army starts moving forward to attack the elves and the men. Um, Bard says, let's attack them now. You know, attack the dwarves from the sides. But you'll see here the elf king. We can see how he's, he's actually good. He says, um, he says, no, I will wait as long as possible I don't, before I start fighting. Because I, before I start a, a war for gold. So even though he wants some of the gold, he, he doesn't want to kill any of the dwarves. He doesn't want to fight. So he says, let's wait until we absolutely have to fight. I don't want to attack them first. And so just as they're all about to fight, the, the dwarves are moving forward. They're, about to, they're all about to fight. Uh, suddenly, this kind of, the sky gets dark. And it's uh, all these bats filling the sky, and it's uh, it's the arrival. It's the goblin army and the, the the wolf army, and Gandalf then steps out into the middle between the armies, and he yells "Halt!" which means "Stop! Stop!" Right, really loud, and then he's basically saying that. The goblins are upon you, right? He means the goblin army is here. They're going to destroy you all, you fools. You're all about to fight each other. And the goblins are here, and they're going to destroy all of you. And uh, 
suddenly, you know, they look and they see the goblin army coming and they all get scared and they realize, oh my God, we're all, it's huge. It's a giant army. And so they, they all, they very quickly decide, uh, let's, let's have a meeting. The Dane, right? The dwarf army, the elf army, and the human army, the men, they all get together and they, they say, uh, let's stop arguing. Let's, we got to fight. We got to join together. We have to join together to fight the goblins and the wolves or else we're all going to die. And so then the, the, they do. And then the big war begins, the big battle begins and they all hate the goblins more than anything. So they, even though they're arguing about the gold, they really, really, really hate the goblins because they're so horrible and evil. And then the next section describes the actual battle. We don't need to do big details about this, but there's one little section I liked where uh, it said the most, it was a terrible battle, the most dreadful, the most terrible of all Bilbo's experiences. This is the worst, all the things, the spiders, everything, this is the worst. And the one which at the time, right, in this moment, he hated it the most. And this, this is the part I like. Which is to say, it was the one he was most proud of <laughs> and most fond of recalling, of telling, long afterwards. Although he was quite unimportant in it. So again, we just kind of see this idea that the worst experience in the moment, the most scary, the most terrible, later becomes his favorite story, right? He's the most proud that he was in this battle and he survived it. Which is, again, something that's just common to life, right? That often the most challenges, the most difficult challenges, the most difficult situations, the most difficult things that happen to us in life, later we appreciate them the most because, uh, or we're proud of them the most because we, we survive them or we learn from them or whatever. Okay, and then, you know, Bilbo puts his ring on so he doesn't, uh, but, you know, it, the book says, you know, that helps him some, but of course there are arrows flying everywhere, all kinds of things coming, so it doesn't protect him completely. And basically the battle goes back and forth, back and forth. It looks like uh, they're going to lose the battle completely. And then suddenly uh, Thorin and the dwarves, they come out, they knock the wall down and they come out and they start fighting. Ah, and they, they're really brave and they, they fight and they fight and they fight and they do a great job and they're doing great, but they're, too, they're not enough of them. There are only 13 of them. And so finally they have this great attack, but eventually they get surrounded. So they're all surrounded. They're in a circle fighting. And it seems like, you know, he's not sure what's going to happen. It's back and forth, back and forth, very close. And then uh, uh, Bilbo kind of looks up in the sky and he can see the eagles, right? The eagles that rescued them from the, uh, uh, the tree before, the goblin. And they're coming now. They're joining the fight also to help the men and the elves and the dwarves. And just as he's seeing the eagles come to start fighting, uh, some rock some, from somewhere hits him in the head. He's wearing a helmet, right? He's wearing a metal helmet, but it still it's, it hits him so hard that he, uh, it knocks him out. He falls down, and he's unconscious. And that is the end of that chapter. And uh, it's, it's the end of the battle for Bilbo, too. <laughs> He'll wake up and the battle's over. And we'll do that. We have two more chapters to go. All right. So I'd say the, just in terms of the meaning and messages and things, it's pretty simple. I think the, the, main, the main theme here is we just see the, the, how destructive, how terrible, how crazy greed makes Thorin. Obviously, that's a strong message in general that greed can be so destructive that this love of money, the love of, in the, you know, in this case, gold or the diamond, whatever, but basically money, greed, that this greed can make people crazy, in this case, Thorin. And uh, someone who, in general, is fairly honorable and a decent person, you know, pretty, you know, pretty decent and good person, fairly brave person. But, um, but then in this one thing, you know, when he, this 
overwhelming this huge amount of greed just um, makes him crazy and it makes him do all these terrible things that bring them you know to almost uh, fight a war against other good other good people the elves and the men and almost destroy themselves and then even then they still have to fight the goblins so uh, I think that's the main message and then the second message is the opposite which is Bilbo's example of how his his kind of generosity he basically just gives away right he one fourteenth it's 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 like a massive fortune I don't know let's just say let's say like maybe his part would be make him like a billionaire right and he just gives it away he says uh okay you the uh bard the men you and the elves you can have mine and then he, he so he's just willing to give away his whole share in order to keep the peace and to so that everyone will be okay so we can see how you know really good-hearted he is and how he has really no greed in him at all which is quite impressive all right let's just get into our comments now since i know a lot of you were going with the comments Slavika says, because of treasure and the large amount of money, many people go crazy in real life. They simply lose touch with reality. They become greedy. Yes, it's at, a, at, ver- at different levels. There are a lot of people who uh, sacrifice so much for money. You know, their f- the happiness of their families and uh, all kinds of things. And they'll do all kinds of crazy things just for money. Ilana Khan says, uh, unbelievable how easily conflicts take place. Nobody doesn't want to give up a little money, but almost costs, it almost costs them their lives. Right, they're, they're all willing to kill and die when all they have to do is make a deal that was actually like the deal Bard was offering was very, very reasonable. And then Bilbo's... Uh, deal was even better <laughs> that Bilbo's deal would cost Thorne nothing at all and uh, he was just so bitter and angry and greedy that he couldn't see it oh Lisa happy birthday to you that's nice and also Lanakon says strong feelings of outrage cloud the mind Thorne's so angry with Bilbo he can't see a clear picture of events this is true too. This also shows the how powerful, powerful emotions in general can make our mind cloudy. We stop thinking. This kind of is connected to the topics we've had this week about mind control, how the media uh, tries to make us outraged and angry or afraid, bring up strong emotions, then we can't think clearly, then we act like Thorn and we just make we do stupid things. Yeah, Tolkien teaches that diplomacy is better than war, Ruslan says. It is an example of that. Like, clearly, it was a, they had the potential for just some really nice diplomacy that was very fair. And uh, Bilbo could see it was fair. But uh, Thorne was just too crazy about it. All right, I'll open up the comments. Can you tell us about the gold rush in America? Um, oh, it, oh, I'd have to. It was kind of a big topic. Maybe another time we could talk about it. But basically, um, right, that this out and out west in the western United States, there were gold and silver. So lots of people went out there to try to mine it. Yeah, Leonardo Parigi says it's not necessarily being being wealthy. It's important to figure out what is really vital in our lives, what's most important indeed. And see, what I find interesting too is it's not only Bilbo offered his share, but he does it so quickly and so easily. Like there, there's no mention that he he feel, he doesn't feel any regret. He doesn't. It, it's you can really see it's like he doesn't even care about it. He, he has no attachment to it. He doesn't care about it at all. He's just like, yeah, here. Oh, please, just stop fighting. This is crazy. Here, you can have my part, and it, everything's fine. 
right? And and I get I think the other thing we can maybe you it's not said directly, but I think what is clear is that the great treasure for Bilbo was his change, right? The change in who he became as a person, right? All it's the experiences of the journey that was his treasure. That's what he really earned from all of this. He doesn't care about gold coins. Shaw Money says Bilbo teaches us the importance of taking risks in general. Yeah, that's right. And we can really see he's become quite the leader and quite, you know, the voice of reason in all of this uh, compared to. Well, at this point, you know, Thorne is just being crazy and it's really, it's Bilbo. But we've seen that just even the last few weeks as we've gone through the the more recent chapters, how Bilbo really did become the leader of the group. Ilana Khan says, Bilbo's more into good food and a cozy bed than gold or money. Yeah, simple, right? Simplicity. That's exactly right. Bilbo, his uh, needs, his material desires or needs are very, very simple. You know, a warm little home with some good food and a nice bed. That's it. He doesn't care about gold and silver and power. He doesn't care about any of that. Uh, Jermaine says, uh, with her aunt, YouTube notifications. Yeah, I know. I, I'm still looking for a streaming alternative to YouTube that's not, doesn't censor. Doesn't, uh, so if you know of one, tell me on Gap. I love how you enjoyed The Hobbit, how you're immersed in the fights and experiencing them. Yes. Thank you. So, yeah, I would love to... Um, do the live shows on a different channel, not YouTube, but I, if we're going to do it, I, if I'm going to switch, I don't want to just switch to another Silicon Valley company. You know, there's no point. They're all the same. They're all Marxist. They're all, you know, what are called social justice warriors, Marxist, basically. So, you know, I could do it on Twitch, but eventually... They're, they'll censor also. They're owned by Amazon. It's the same kind of thing. Um, Facebook, <laughs> they're terrible. So maybe even worse than YouTube. I don't know. Certainly just as bad. So there's no point in me just switching over to Facebook because it's the same problem. I tried DLive, but it had technical problems. It just wasn't a good, you know, it didn't work very well, unfortunately. Not well enough. I don't want to deal with lots of technical problems every time we do a live show so i'm still searching i just want a reliable <laughs> video streaming site service that you know is not marxist is not going to be trying to censor us because we uh we tell the truth about the stupid virus or whatever we're not politically correct we're not following the marxist uh nonsense so I don't know if you know of one if you know of another alternative I can try please let me know tell me on on my gab and we'll see yeah Shaw Mahdi says uh, kind of comparing it to our earlier book club, The Alchemist, can we say that Bilbo and Santiago from The Alchemist teach us why experience is more important than anything else? Indeed, right? Because um, that's, that is your true wealth, right? Your knowledge, your experience, the people in your life, your health. Th these things, th these are true wealth because material things can all disappear quickly right? Like the money can be, it can come and it can go. It can come and can go very fast. But Bilbo has changed as a person now and that's for the rest of his life now, right? He's a completely different person now. He'll always have that bravery, that confidence, the skills, the leadership, the change in himself. Those are, you know, for the rest of his life, 
far more important and you can, you can see that to him it's also far more important than you know any gold You couldn't find you on D Live. Yeah, well, it's because it it wasn't working very well, so I stopped. I didn't do. It. I did it only for a couple minutes there. Maybe we can create our own video streaming platform. Maybe it's a pretty expensive thing to do, unfortunately. <laughs> Julie Taquita said, "I finished reading The Hobbit in Portuguese two months ago." Big surprise because I loved it. Took nine hours of listening. Nice. Now try English. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Slavika says, My favorite characters are the elves because they live in the forest and are wise. That's why they have enormous power because of their natural lifestyle. Yes. And you can, um, I didn't mention it, but Bilbo very much likes the elves too. During the battle, he stays with the elves. And Gandalf and the elves. Or to ask, what book club will you do next? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know what book. So I think we'll finish ne the next time we do The Hobbit. We have two more chapters, so we have one more. One more book club show, and we will finish this book. Th another book finished, The Hobbit. Very nice. Oh, and BitChute, says Jermila. Oh, isn't this interesting? YouTube block is, is hiding her comment. <laughs> I guess they don't want to show there. I'm going to show it. But they automatically were blocking her comment. BitChute. BitChute does not have streaming. So all my videos, the recordings of all my videos are on BitChute. I have a BitChute channel. It's AJ Hogue. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm using BitChute, but... They don't do live streaming. That's the problem. If BitChute gets live streaming and it's good, I'll definitely switch over and I'll do it there. But until then, I, I've been hoping they would do it because, uh, you know, their regular thing works pretty well. So I'd like to, but we'll see. Oh, they're hiding another comment from Jermila. Many people banned from YouTube have moved to BitChute. How about it? Yes. So again, all my rec the recordings of my videos are all on BitChute already. Every every new one goes is added to my BitChute channel. But they don't do streaming yet. So I can't do live. That's the only issue. It's just, I'm, so I'm only talking about live. Um, recordings, it's easy. There are lots of sites where you can put recordings of videos. Uh, BitChute works great for that. But... Um, but not streaming. And DLive, I thought might be decent, but, you know, maybe I'll try it again. I'll give it another try. But our first try with DLive, uh, it sucked. There was, it was audio problems, all kinds of problems. Lisa says, Bilbo became a great leader because he didn't make a decision just for himself. He thought for the whole, for everyone. Yeah, that's another good point, right? He does, he, this deal, he gives away his own share of the treasure um, because he's not, he's not just thinking of the dwarves, he's not just thinking of the elves, he's thinking of all of them and he finds a solution and it's actually a good solution, he, it's very fair, um, that will help everybody. And he does, and he's not thinking of himself at all. He doesn't even care about himself. So exactly, I mean, that's a really good sign of leadership. And this is why he gets the respect of the elf king, the elf king, and um, bard, the human leader, the men, leader of men. Leonardo, maybe Leonardo says maybe uh, we can do a live show and talk about the next book. Yeah, we could do that. I like this compliment, says Asma. There's always more about you than anyone expects. This is beautiful to see and have faith in someone to take responsibility more than we think. Yeah, that's the great thing about Gandalf is he always sees sees this in Bilbo. Like nobody else. Bil Gandalf obviously did see something in Bilbo, but most people, nobody else saw it, <laughs> right? Uh, but it came out.
Uh, Julia says, before this, I hated fiction stories, but the great message, the great talent of the writing changed my mind. You should consider the Lord of the Rings then, the next three books, Julia. They're... Uh they're more serious and more, even more powerful. Very powerful. And he's mentioning uh, the book Your Money or Your Life. It recommended integrity and that money should fit our values so that we won't be crazy with money. Right. Yeah, it's a similar message. <laughs> Somebody here says, sadly, I just watched the Hobbit movie, found it was not a good thing to watch. That movie sucks. It's three movies, actually. They all suck. They're terrible. They add a bunch of stuff that's not in the book. And, and the things they add do not make it better. They make it far worse. It's garbage. Those movies suck. Typical Hollywood garbage. They, they destroy everything. The problem is all sites are Google. Well, they're not all Google, but a lot. there's so many sites that are, um, you know, Silicon Valley or, you know, basically the West Coast of America, and they're all a bunch of Marxists. Maybe a site by North Korea. Yeah, North Korea is probably less Marxist than California. <laughs> Maybe not, but, you know, I'd like one, I, maybe a Russian one. Like a Russian site or Singapore, something like that. But I don't know that there, there's a potential there for somebody to make one. Ruslan says, Bilbo shows us that in life, courage and controlled risk are mandatory. Yes, that's right. Many Singh says, all we need is self-control, then we can do anything. It's hard for me to maintain self-control, but I'm trying my best. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, and, and the, the absence of greed, the absence of this crazy desire for more, 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 right? Bilbo doesn't have that, but uh, Thorin does, and it nearly destroys them all. Leonardo says, indeed, if you want to succeed in life, you shouldn't think only about yourself. However, you should help other people to achieve goals as Bilbo did. Um, someone says, I like the scene, Frodo and Sam, of this at Mount Doom. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings movies were better, um... But they got worse, and each one got a little worse, a little more Hollywood. Like Lord of the Ring, I mean, uh, Fellowship of the Ring was probably closest to the book. Um, it was pretty good. For Hollywood, it was pretty good. Two Towers started to add more Hollywood nonsense, and Return of the King added a bunch of Hollywood nonsense. Uh, you know, by, by Hollywood standards, still decent, but... Uh, uh, Compared to the books, not great. Amina asks, how many times do we have to read the hobby book? Have to? <laughs> you can read it as many times as you want. It's up to you. Okay. I think we're about done. Vladislav says, Hollywood spoils everything. Indeed they do. It's run by lying deceivers. I mean, they're part of the whole fake news, garbage, propaganda machine. Uh, so that's why they do destroy everything. Okay, we'll end with Carol. Carol says, Gandalf saw the hero in Bilbo. That's also the role of a great leader, to see the potential of people and push them towards it. Yeah, that's right. That's also the role of greater to see the potential of people and push them towards it, right? Or bring it out, right? Or, or create a situation where it will come out. And that's what Gandalf did, right? He, 
he saw this potential in in Bilbo, and he kind of he kind of gave him a little push <laughs> in the beginning, right? And uh, uh, and then just had faith in him, and. Uh, in the beginning, helped him out a lot, but helped him out less and less and less and less and less until it came out completely. It's kind of the role of a parent too, actually. So, very good. All right, well, next time we'll finish The Hobbit. We'll finish the book. So, if you're reading along in The Hobbit, please read the last two chapters. We'll discuss them sometime next week. All right. Lots of love to you all. As always, join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com and say hi to me on Gab, Gab.com, AJ Hoke, EffortlessEnglishClub.com. See you next time and bye for now.